Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. Faith in $5. $5, six countries, four months, and a one-way ticket to southern Russia. This is a book about faith, obedience, and miracles by Jonathan Nowlin. I hope you enjoy this reading of Faith in $5. Chapter 4. Miracles and a One-Way Ticket. Saturday morning arrived, and we drove to Washington State en route to our flight to England. I left for Washington with only $20 in my pocket. I don't think I told even Mike that I had such a small amount of money with me and with no way to obtain any further funds. Often God chooses not to work or provide in the ways that we would expect. He is faithful, but not predictable. My initial thought as I headed up to Washington was that God still had a couple days to miraculously provide for my needs. I don't think I had given much thought to the idea that I might not see the anticipated provision immediately. In fact, by the time Monday morning came, we were dropped off at the airport in Seattle, I had already spent $15 of my $20, and so I was down to one measly $5 bill in my pocket. Our flight to England was uneventful. Upon our arrival, we stayed at the home of Mike's mother in Ipswich, England, Mike's mom was wonderful. She graciously took care of us and housed us. This was to be the first of many future visits and transits through England. As I made my way to some far-off location in the world, we jokingly began to call her home, YWAM Ipswich, in honor of our regular stays. Meanwhile, however, Mike and I were facing a real challenge. While I had at least been able to purchase a one-way flight to Krasnodar in southern Russia... Mike had yet to secure any funding or flights from England onward. We had a few days scheduled in England before we, or at least I, would have to fly on to Russia to begin our work there. I was out of ideas. For now, at least, I was stranded in England, in a nice home, and was provided with food to eat. I had no money even to ride the bus anywhere, but at least I was comfortable. As the days passed and our departure drew closer and closer... It became clear that there was no apparent way for me to obtain the sum of money I needed for this trip. I wasn't feeling spiritual or prayerful at this point. My faith had already begun to wobble. Mike and I were out of ideas, and this was the last day to see some kind of breakthrough with finances. In the morning, we decided to spend our last hours of opportunity playing video games. Again, I didn't say that I was probably God's first choice for this mission. I was just willing to obey. The scripture clearly says that God uses the weak and foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I was truly feeling weak and foolish that day, and video games were actually helping to cheer me up. As we put our video game skills to the test, suddenly Mike sat up and declared loudly, I've got it. Got what, I asked. I'm going to ask the bank for the money. I didn't even have a frame of reference for such a statement. Mike went on to explain that he felt compelled from the Lord to just go down to the bank, talk to the manager, and ask for the capital we needed for our transportation costs. My low level of faith really showed at this point. 
I told Mike to go ahead and talk to the bank. I was going to stay and play video games. To me, this sounded like a last-minute desperate move that had no chance of success. Be careful what you doubt. Mike took off in a rush, since the bank was going to be closing in a few hours, and he would need to travel there by bus. After he had acquired the funds, he would then need to get to the travel agent again by bus before 5 p.m. At least this was how it was all going to work out in his plan. So Mike ran off to catch the bus while I continued to hone my gaming skills at his house. I was starting to get worried. It was already past 9 p.m. and Mike had neither contacted us nor turned up at the house. If his plan actually worked, we would have to be ready to depart in the morning. Just when we were starting to get really worried, Mike burst in the door soaked with rain and yelled, I've got the tickets. I was in complete disbelief. Mike's bizarre story began to unfold as he told us that he showed up at the bank and asked to speak to the bank manager, who was a family friend. Unfortunately, he encountered a problem right away. Because the manager who knew Mike was gone, a new manager was covering his position. So Mike sat down with this new bank manager and gave the situation to her straight. He told her what our mission was, that we needed to leave in the morning, and that we had no money. He wanted the bank to give him the money right away so that he could purchase our necessary flights and train tickets today. He was so convinced that the Lord had given him this plan that it didn't seem strange to him to sit down at a bank and make this request. He explained to the manager that he was planning to attend Oxford in the fall term and that he would then be doing fine financially and would pay the loan back without issue at that time. To his great surprise, after he had completed making his case to the manager, she just looked at him for a bit and then asked, how much do you need? He ran out of the bank and headed straight for the travel agency. The bank had given him enough money to cover our flights to and within Russia and the republics, all of our train tickets, and our crazy plan to fly from Moscow to Israel, then back to England. So all went accordingly to his plan except one thing. When he had finished purchasing our tickets, he realized he had absolutely no money left to purchase a bus fare back to his house. That was the reason he was so late. He ended up walking for over four hours in the rain to get back to his house with the tickets. Once again, there was just enough and just in time. At this point, we knew that the Lord was with us, or more rightly, that we were with the Lord in this. Mike and I were riding high on excitement from the provision of the Lord when we left London for Russia the next day. Our friend and teammate, Faith, however, was not so excited about our situation. The expression, jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire, was not far from the mark. We were heading to a remote area of Russia for nearly two months, and we had no money to live on. In fact, our situation had become even more complicated at the last minute. We had originally planned to stay with a missionary family in Krasnodar and had anticipated that they would be able to help us live, adjust, and learn to function. They were our only contacts in the region because there were not many Christian workers in that region during that time period. However, shortly before our departure, we received news that our host family had to suddenly leave the area, so we were facing the reality that we had no local help at our location. The family said we were welcome to use their home and that they would leave it unlocked. They didn't know if they would be returning in the future or not. They were just glad to have someone stay in their place while they were gone. This situation was concerning for all three of us. None of us had been to Russia before, nor did we know how to live or function there. Mike and Faith each spoke a little bit of Russian, but I was brand new to the language. As Mike and I talked about our situation, one significant concern came up. Faith was a compassionate girl. 
We were both concerned that if she discovered how broke we were, she might out of compassion offer to pay for our living expenses. If she did this, she would be spending part of the provision that God had given her to live on for the rest of the year in Russia. As I mentioned earlier, there were no ATMs and few banks from which to access any additional funds. Whatever you carried in with you was all you possessed. So while on the flight to Russia, we decided to set some ground rules to avoid this potential situation. We told Faith, God got us into this. He has brought us this far, and he's going to provide for us. We won't allow you to spend a dime on us out of your own money. God will provide. After we made our case with her, she reluctantly agreed to this plan. However, toward the end of this long flight, she suddenly spoke up and told us that God had just spoken to her. God had made it clear to her that if she was willing to take a risk and would cover the living expenses for Mike and me during our time in southern Russia, then he would repay her ten times for whatever she spent on us. Now it was her turn to make her case to us. She explained the new ground rules and told us that she was going to be paying for our living expenses and that we were not allowed to argue with her about it. Faith was absolutely convinced that there would be a tenfold return on her investment. We were not allowed to refuse her offer and in so doing mess up the arrangement God had made with her. So then it was our turn to reluctantly agree. Our standing joke at that time began to be the statement, living by faith, quite literally. Southern Russia proved to be a huge challenge and also a blessed time of ongoing miracles. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.